1: Good? all the time, all the time. Good. I don't think I need anything God is good all the time, all the time. Is it is exciting to see all of you this morning and uh, uh, yeah I think the the pews are starting to fill up and the sanctuary's filling up and we're building up uh, for Easter so excited and uh, one of the youth today said, it's Easter next week? I, I, I don't even feel it. I don't even It's sneaking up on us. But hopefully uh, we've been kind of embodying the journey of Lent and uh, feeling um, close to Jesus as we fast, as we pray, as we give on this journey uh, through the wilderness to the cross. And so uh, my prayer is that we would enter into that um, spiritual journey Um, with Christ and that God would open our hearts and make us more aware of what Jesus is saying uh, to each of us as individuals um, as we look forward to Resurrection Sunday. And uh, amen. But there are days where I feel less confident than other days. And maybe some of you can resonate with me. There's days where oh my hair just isn't right or there's that strand that's always sticking up and (laughs) yeah licking it and trying to stick it down and it pops back up (laughs) I guess most of you didn't follow me on that but uh, you're not as confident you look in the mirror and you're like um you know I've got you know blemishes on my face or this shirt isn't flowing right it's not fitting right or, you know, and you go out and I'm not funny, I, I'm shy, I can't say anything to anyone, I'm not clicking, I feel awkward in my social interactions. Then there's days where you feel like you're on top of the world. Anyone feel like that today? Paul's yep. <laughs> like, every day. <laughs> you feel like you're on top of the world and your hair's like flowing right and like you're looking good and maybe you're going around the neighborhood with a friend and everyone seems to know you and say, hey Dave, hey Dave, and you're like, yeah, and your friend's like, you're the mayor, everyone knows you, you like, yeah, I'm the mayor, I'm the mayor of this place, and you're feeling like everything you say is funny and people are like, I feel like that today, everything I say is funny, ha
0: ha
1: ha, you feel confident, and um, I think we we wrestle with those kind of ups and downs of confidence or feeling great or feeling in touch with glory or like, yes, you know, God is moving in me or I feel I'm deeply connected to my giftedness today. And other days, we don't feel so confident. And I think that might be how the disciples were feeling rolling with Jesus as he's journeying towards you know, in the scriptures and the Gospels, uh, it, it, once in a while it'll say, "And Jesus turned his face towards Jerusalem." Right. So there's the sense in the Gospels where Jesus's end goal, the end game, is about to arrive, and Jerusalem is that last stop. And Palm Sunday represents the triumphal entry, where Jesus enters into Jerusalem for that final, for that final confrontation, for that final. Kind of battle with the religious order um, before he's crucified. Um, and so there's this culmination Jesus is facing towards Jerusalem and walking and walking. And I think the disciples are kind of feeling this, this. There's something happening. There's, Jesus is great. The crowds are coming to him. He's healing left and right. The bodies are hitting the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Right? Like, like a lot of amazing things are happening. Uh, and power. And they're like, you know, we're a part of Jesus' entourage, right? There's all this power and all this healing happening, and the crowds are flocking to Jesus, and the disciples are like, yeah, 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 yeah. And if you look in chapter 20, you'll see that there's um, um, there's a spot where um, two of the disciples, their mother, said, makes Jesus promise, say, promise me, Jesus, that when you're in the kingdom of heaven, when we're in heaven that you will save a spot to your right and to the left for my sons, right? And Jesus you know, the, says one of his cryptic things like, you know, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. And, uh, and then the, it says the other ten disciples were then mad at the two, like you're trying to be all great, right? You're trying to be, you know, have spots to the right and left of Jesus. So there's this kind of envy this happens or this jealousy that happens like you're jockeying for position in this kind of we're on we're on jesus's coattails and he's on the rise his stock is on the rise and you're trying to ensure yourself this place of greatness but all along also in chapter 20 you'll see that jesus for the third time sits down with his disciples and talks about how you know, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, I'm going to be arrested by the officials, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise again. I'm going to suffer, die, rise. I'm going to suffer, die, rise. And the disciples, I don't think they quite grasp the meaning or what Jesus is talking about in his, in his prediction or in his end goal or his mission of being crucified, of death. Because I think they're caught up in the greatness, right? Feeling that confidence. Jesus is the mayor of Israel. And we like this feeling. And I think a lot of people are anticipating kind of a revolution. Here, finally, is a leader that will confront, you know, the power, the occupying powers. Here is someone who will usher in a new kingdom. And we get to be a part of that. Meanwhile... Our leader is saying I'm gonna get arrested I'm gonna be incarcerated I'm gonna die and it's kind of like some might be ignoring it or he just says weird things sometimes or some maybe like pondering it in their heart what does this mean what does this mean or some are like I hope that doesn't happen I really hope that doesn't happen but sometimes You know, things start as small mustard seeds or pinpricks in our hearts, right? Um, Like hangnails or slivers. Anyone have a sliver ever? Like a, uh, what is it called? When the wood splinter, you call it splinter, depends what geography you have. Sliver, splinter. If you have had a sliver, it's just the tiniest of small wood fragments, but it just annoys you, annoys you, annoys you to, to no end. And you have to get rid of that thing, like this little thing. Or if you've cleaned up glass that's broken on the floor before. Sometimes you'll get those microscopic shards of glass in your hands. And you're like, why are my hands all itchy? And you look closer, and there's like glistening glass pieces in your fingers. And you're like, ah. And you're like, how do I get these out? Or if you've done gardening and you've had little thorns poking in your fingers and you're like why are my hands itching I need to get these little things out for me about three weeks ago I had a hangnail a little piece hanging from my fingernail and I pulled it no! it was annoying so I pulled it and a week later my finger like tripled in size and there was like this pus like thing and Janice is like you just have to puncture it. And so we got a little razor and like punctured it, and all this like stuff started flowing out. And I like the smell of those things up. I was like, "Yes. Sniff, sniff, I love it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Allison is like discernment, filter, filter. But anyways, little things become huge nuisances, right? Little things become huge nuisances. And that's the Christ Messiah. He talks about it. The kingdom of heaven, it's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds. But when it sprouts and grows, it becomes one of the largest shrubs in the world where the birds come and take shelter in it. And Jesus is like... This nuisance in the empire, this nuisance in um, the powers, the systems that are at this time, and he's coming in like a sliver, right, like a hangnail, and the world is increasingly becoming angry, increasingly becoming upset. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders are increasingly wanting to get rid of jesus to confront jesus and as jesus enters into jerusalem right it comes to a head why else would crucifixion or death be the resolution of that right it's growing right the sliver is growing and the pus of jerusalem is starting to build up and something's gotta pop something's gotta pop amen (laughs) Hey are you with me, church? (laughs) And oftentimes you know people may think of Christianity or Christians or Jesus, you know, not truly kind of grasp the meaning of the gospel, right? That the that Jesus ushered in this kingdom of God that's over and against the kingdoms of the world, right? Sometimes the the values that we espouse in our society or in our daily walk, what it means to be powerful, what it means to be rich, what it means to be strong, what it means to be successful, are in conflict with kingdom values. But the problem is, when we lean more towards um, the values of the world, people get hurt right like the weak are hurt the poor are hurt right those who do not have voice are hurt and so as christians we're asked over and over again by jesus will you take the narrow path will you walk the narrow path with me in solidarity with me and listen to the poor listen to those who don't have voice right confront the powers that be in my name because of me. And this is what the disciples are being faced with. As Jesus says, I will be arrested and I will die and I will suffer. Will you acknowledge that? Will you step into that suffering with me? That this must happen so that I can become the savior of the world. Are you with me, church? Yes. And so... Jesus enters in and he tells the disciples, you know, hey, we're, we're entering into Jerusalem. There's going to be a donkey over there. Go tell them the Lord has need of it. And they're like, okay, <laughs> right? Like, you know, it's like this Jedi mind trick, right? The Lord has need of this. And, oh, here, take my donkey, <laughs> right? And so he hops on the donkey and enters into Jerusalem. And all the people are there. It's during the you know the Passover week. It's about Passover is you know happening this large celebration in Jerusalem, the population is swelling. So there's a lot of people. And the response of the people to Jesus walking or riding in on a donkey is Hosanna, Hosanna, right? Hosanna to the highest, and they're taking palm tree limbs and laying them down and their cloaks and robes and laying them down before. Jesus, who's riding on this donkey. And on the one hand, I can imagine that it kind of looks ridiculous, right? He's riding on a donkey. And for some reason, I think of Shrek and, you know, the donkey. Like he's riding on Shrek's Shrek's friend, the donkey. And people are like, Hosanna, Hosanna. It's this comical, almost scene. And the donkey, you know, even in our times, is a, a humble, you know, kind of goofy, creature? Like, is it a horse? Not really a horse. It's kind of, you know, like a, you know, a horse's distant cousin or something. Not glorious or not elegant like a horse, right? And when people rode in on donkeys in those days, one, it represented humility, right? Humbleness, right? A king would more likely, ride in on a gallant stallion, right? A horse, and have this like the military army behind him, like, and trumpets going, doo, 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 doo. the emperor. But instead, Jesus is coming on this donkey. Also, the donkey represents peace, right? So, when a ruler came in riding on a donkey, it said, it represented, like, I come in peace. Whereas, if a ruler came in, On a stallion, on a horse, it meant war, like it's military. And so the sheer fact that Jesus is coming in peace rather than war is maybe a kind of um, a posture shift or a paradigm shift for many of his followers who expected some sort of revolution or military overthrow um, of the empire. But Jesus comes... In nonviolence. Jesus comes in peace, right? And this is in direct contrast to the empire. And I think it's intentional, right? Someone like Caesar would ride in after conquest on his stallion, on his horse, with trumpets blaring, and people would say, All hail Caesar! All hail Caesar who conquers the nations, who conquers everyone and instead jesus on the flip side is coming in on the donkey with this this image of humility and peace and the people are praising him um, and saying hosanna hosanna in the highest hosanna in the highest and i think about that in terms of why we come and we worship god and sing songs and give praise to God, right? Do we praise God and worship and follow Jesus and shout out because of some, like, we are a great church, or, you know, this, this place is awesome, and, you know, God is, like, conquering the world, or do we beco- or do we come because this is the place where we recognize that God has been good to us that God has healed us, that God has, in the places we've been sick, God has renewed us. You know, in the times where we've been mourning, mourning loss, mourning death, God has comforted us. Jesus has comforted us. When there's suffering and war um, out in the world, we, uh, we know that Jesus stands with people who are suffering. Jesus has a heart for the poor. Jesus has a heart for us when we're suffering. Jesus has a heart when he sees injustice, injustices happening, or racial divide, or conflict. Jesus mourns and weeps for the world, right? And that's why we give praise. That's why we sing. That's also why we lament. But in laments, there's also praise and worship as well. Because we trust and we know that God is bigger than everything. That in the end, right, everything is bending towards renewal. Everything is bending towards restoration. Everything is bending towards justice. Are you with me, church? And that's why we sing. And maybe people in the crowd are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, are just caught up in the moment, right? Maybe there's just, you know, it's like Seahawks fans who are all of a sudden Seahawks fans because they went to the Super Bowl, right? Or Mariners fans who are coming out of their closet like, I need to get my Mariners beanie and my Mariners jersey and my Julio jersey because they went to the playoffs for the first time in whatever, 22 years, right? There's bandwagon, closet, Fans, and I'm told, like, you need, to be, you need to be gracious to new fans and bandwagon fans because you need all that you can get, right? But I was there in '89 listening to Dave Niehaus on the radio every single game, loss after loss after loss, and 20 years of frustration, right? Sure, there were bandwagon fans there saying, oh, everyone's throwing their palm fronds on the ground and everyone's throwing their robes on the ground and we're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. But all of this is painting the scene of Jesus as the humble king coming into Jerusalem to confront the powers that be for the sake of us. Right? For the sake of us, and he's more than just a nuisance, more than just a sliver, more than just a hangnail that's, you know, starting to burst. This is like the way of the world. Jesus is ushering in a new reality that we now look forward to the renewal of all things. Amen? And some people will say, oh, Jesus was a good teacher. Or Jesus you know, was a rabbi. Jesus was a prophet. Jesus is the happy, right? Churches suck, but Jesus, at least I like what Jesus had to say, right? He was loving and compassionate. He loved the poor. Like, Jesus was a good person who had good ethics and morals and taught people to forgive one another, right? Let's be like Jesus. But Jesus is so much More, right? And to say that he's anything less, right? It's like when Janice says, calls me cute. (laughs) Right? It's like, I'm more than cute. (laughs) I'm not just cute, I'm man. I build fire, I protect this family, and create shelter right? Sometimes we, you know, people can condescend to our images, condescend Jesus with our images of who he is when it's not what he really is. He's the God of the universe, the savior of the world, right? The overthrower of kingdoms, the prince of peace, the king of kings, ray they raise, right? Are you with me, church? And it's more, do not underestimate the donkey, right? Do not be sad, saddened that he will be arrested or it's not the end of the day when he's crucified, right? That's just the beginning. The king is coming. Everyone say, the king is coming. The king king is coming. The king is coming. Hosanna, Hosanna to the king, the king of our world, the king of our lives, the king of your family, the king of your heart, the king of this church, the king of this neighborhood is coming, is coming in power, and he will make all things new and bring all things together, and he is at work restoring things, and we believe, we lean into that, we lean into that as believers, amen? We believe in that, and um, if you read the next section of Jesus' triumphal entry, that's where you see Jesus finally enters the temple, right? And what happens in the temple, that's where he overturns the money changers and the tables. Like, Jesus isn't just a nice guy, right? Jesus isn't just... That loving guy, right, who touches people and heals people and forgives people. Jesus can get forceful. Jesus can come in strength and power when it comes to advocating or protecting or loving, right, the poor. You'll notice in the gospel, Jesus touches and is very gentle with women or the lame right, that come to him, that need healing, that come asking for healing. But when it comes to the authorities or people who are misusing their authority or power, Jesus is pretty firm, right, and makes, creates conflict. And that's, I think that's the call as Christians as well, that we're called to be compassionate, right, and loving to the world but also we stand prophetically against the powers that are evil and hurting people, amen? Yeah. We speak out in truth. We, we even step into conflict. We call people out, right? That's why, you know, when you hear things like, why can't we just all get along, for instance? Why that upsets people. Because sometimes those kind of phrases are just a glossing over of what really needs to happen, right? Yes, we want peace. Yes, we want people to get along. But first, we have to address, you know, what's wrong, right? First, we got to hit the bully in the mouth is basically the point. And unless we hit the bully in the mouth, we can't all get along. And that's what Jesus does when he enters into the temple, right? You guys are creating a system that's exploiting the poor and getting money for sacrifices when all people should come openly, right, to the temple to worship God. But you're creating, you know, this kind of marketplace um, that's preventing Gentiles from freely coming, that's preventing the poor from freely coming and offer their offerings, to to God in the temple and Jesus is like, my house shall be a house of prayer to all nations. And so with force he's like, what is this crap? (laughs) Confrontation. The kids are out of here, right? And the Middlers are out. You guys can handle it. You guys stream Netflix and, right? We're... we're, uh, 16 plus here, okay? That's rated 16 plus. (laughs) Oh, no, no. Um, Where was I? Yeah, confront, confront, and confront, confront. And that's the Jesus. I want us to really get in touch with that. That's the Jesus of Easter, that's the Jesus of Good Friday. That's why people would say crucify him. These same people that are saying Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest just might be the bandwagon fans that are saying crucify him, crucify him, crucify him a week later. And the call for us is not to just be bandwagon fans but to go deep, more deeply in solidarity with who Christ is And the values of the kingdom of heaven and say, that's me, right? I will follow Jesus. I believe. Help my unbelief. But the reality is, we'll all desert Jesus. (laughs) All the disciples ran away when he was crucified. And there is graciousness of Jesus, the grace of God. That even when we're unable, God picks us up. God allows us. God forgives us. Are you with me, church? So as we head head into Holy Week, remember the king who comes on a donkey. What is he saying to you? Or even how is he confronting uh, the things going on in your heart? the values you are holding on to. How is Jesus disrupting um, what's going on in your life? And don't be afraid when there's disruption or conflict. Right. Let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit is going to do in you. Not all conflict is bad. Sometimes it leads to renewal. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you. Uh, for your strength and that in your strength and power uh, you bring dead things to life and that you bring a hopeless and despairing world um, into uh, new possibilities. And I pray that in our lives, um, the places that are dead or dying or in despair That you would bring new life and new possibilities to us. Help us to be true to you um, in your grace and your assistance. In Jesus' name, amen.